Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Life Uncut. This is Thursday's edition, Ask Uncut, where you write in your deep and dirty questions and we answer them. This is Therapy Thursday and we have picked out three doozies for you today, as per always. As per always? As, as per, per usual. usual. <laughs> anyway, before we get into that, uh, it's been a whole 24 hours since I've seen you, Britt. How you been? You're feeling better? You're looking better? A little bit more sprightly? I went to bed. I've never spent so long in bed. I went to bed at about 4 p.m. yesterday and I stayed in bed until about 10 a.m. Got up, fed myself, had a drink, went across and got like a killer juice that was like, you know how you get a, you know how you think you drink a juice of like turmeric and ginger and lemon and you're like, this is going to fix me. You're like, I'm going to be seven years younger after I drink this. Yeah, did that, then went back to bed. I've never spent, I spent like a solid 15 hours straight in bed and that's the longest for me. Look, I know that you're sick and I know that it kind of gives you a hall pass, but could you also just stop talking about how much uninterrupted time you spent in bed? I don't even know what that feels like. <laughs> Dude, I've been sleeping four hours a night, so I'm on, I'm on par with you. I did, though. I went to get this juice today and... Please, tell me more about your juice. Well, I can't wait. I have All a of funny... Australia really wants to know about it too. Yeah, you're going to eat your words in a minute when I tell you a funny story. <laughs> Guys, excuse us while we have a sister fight over here. No. So I went to get the juice, but this has a story. I went to get a juice and this guy that I've been on a date with before basically messaged me and he was like, hey, I'm around, like, you want to catch up? And I was like, yeah, I do. Why not? Because I'm out and about. So we get the juice and he's foreign. I might have mentioned him in the past. I don't know. I don't know what I've told Britney's you. Britney's got a boyfriend. I think I'm, I think I'm blushing. Britney's got a boyfriend. <laughs> don't put that out there yet. No, we've been on a few dates. I'm not going to lie. Um, and anyway, he's got a very strong accent, but he's – his English is pretty good, but he's got a strong accent. He said something that was really funny. And <laughs> <laughs> like I tried my hardest to not be offended. And I thought, as soon as he said it, I was like, I've got to tell Laura. This is hilarious. <laughs> it's like the Italian guy. You know how I told you the Italian guy that I saw that time told me that I'd be better if I lost five kilos? <laughs> oh, no. No. I had made a comment about – um. We're talking about food because I love my food and I ordered in last night in bed. I was like, I ordered in a huge carbonara because I love it. And I was telling him about – because he's like, oh, you've been unwell. What have you been doing? I was like, oh, I ordered this so much food in last night. I had garlic bread and I rattled off what I ate and he was like, wow, like you really like food. And I was like, well, yeah, like I'm, I'm hardly going to starve to death. Then the conversation went on a little bit longer and I was talking about how um, – I had to get some outfits for a shoot type thing. And I I was talking about how sample sizes are all a size eight, whatever. We were just talking. And then he just said, I can't remember the the last thing that I said, but then he looked at me and he goes, yeah, well, obviously you're not starving to death. And I was like, sorry, what? He's like, well, I mean, like, obviously you're not starving to death. And I was like, excuse me? I was like, what? But he was so cute and sweet and like so serious. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, you can't, you can't say that. And he's like, what? And he, but this is how he says it. What do you mean I can't say that? Like he's got this really strong accent. Okay. All this is doing to me is going like red flag, red flag, red no. flag. And Prince going, but he was so cute no, about how he said I was too big for the sample size. Basic, Adorable. No, but I, expl- I was in hysterics. I wasn't offended. I was in hysterics. And I was like, you basically just told me. That I'm a solid girl. And he's like, no, I was just repeating what you said. And I was like, yeah, but do you understand how it sounds? You're like, do you understand how women work? Like I say, do I look big in this? And you say no. I said that. Regardless of whatever the answer actually is. Oh, what was it? Just say the opposite and make me feel good about myself. (laughs) They're the rules. What was I supposed to say? And I was like, you're perfect. I said that. I was like, I don't know. You're perfect how you are. And I'm, I'm in hysterics. He's like, I'm so sorry if I offend. Are you, he's like, you actually offended. And I'm like, anyway, 
I got home and five minutes later he messaged me. He's like, just in case you didn't know, I think you're perfect how you are. And I was like, oh, bless yourself. But there's been a few things like that with a language barrier. And I wonder how many people out there are dating someone that's foreign or that there's a language barrier and you've had like these funny situations or I just wonder how much I want to know how much a language barrier affects your relationship that's basically what I'm getting at basically I want to know can I marry this guy uh but you've been on three dates so let's but just like, see let's just take it slow is Brit, it play just, it cool I'm not ready for you to have a boyfriend yet sorry oh he's not my boyfriend no you need to be single for a bit longer I mean I know we talked about it with the being single in your 30s episode and I was like it sucks being the single person who always has to be the clown of the friendship group I'm not ready to give up my clown yet Brittany <laughs> <laughs> Let the girl find love. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I mean, my day has not been anywhere near as interesting as Britney's delicious juice. Let's just skip my day altogether and let's get into the questions. The real reason why you've come here to listen to us all chitty chat. We've picked out three questions today. Thank you to every single person who's written in questions for Ask Uncut. I like these ones. I'm excited for this episode. So, Brit, hit me. No, you're going first. Question number one. Okay, so basically a girl has written in saying that she has been on a couple of dates. Well, you know, she's been on five dates with this guy. She really liked him and she wanted to do five dates before they slept together. So, And he had not really made any sexual advances towards her during the dates either. So it had kind of been pretty easy for her to make it to the five-date mark and not sleep with him. Anyway, five dates under the belt and... They got to Hanky Panky Town. And? And <laughs> what she was very, very turned off by his penis. And that's all she said. There was no description as to whether it was too small, oh. it was too thin, it was too round, it was covered in green spots. There was just no, there was no explanation. So literally just, it's just turned off. We've got no, nothing turned, else to go on. Turned off and also that the sex was really bad. Okay. <clears throat> Straight up, here's my opinion. Dump him. <laughs> <laughs> The exits are located here, here, and here. Please follow the exit lights down the aisle. No, I have a few conflicting opinions because I think there's two parts to this. There's one part being that the sex wasn't great. There's another part that she was turned off by either the performance or the penis. The I don't jack know. in the box. The what? Oh, sometimes you make some really gross analogies. You're welcome. Like, um, where does it come from? <laughs> Somewhere deep, dark inside. I don't know. So, Let the beast out. So, part one. The bad sex, that is not a reason to dump someone. That is not a reason to run for the hills. I think it's it does happen sometimes that you have sex with someone for the first time and it's amazing. It's happened to me. It's been great. It's also happened to me where the sex has been terrible at the start and then you continue to date someone and you get in your groove, you find out what works for each other and it gets better. So I think if you've had sex with him now and it wasn't brilliant, multitude of reasons. Maybe he had alcohol on board. Maybe he was really nervous. Maybe... He, it's been a while, maybe he doesn't, he's just taking a little bit of time to figure out what you like. Maybe you like different things to each other. So sometimes that happens. You're both into different things. You don't know each other in the bedroom well enough to have that gel. I think that's easy. I have, um, I actually have a friend and I'll never name that, but I've only got one friend. No, I'm joking. (laughs) I have a friend who I remember she's been with her partner for, oh, 
like a long time, between five and ten years. So they're they're forever. Let's go with seven then, hey. Well, I didn't want to name. I didn't want to put a number on it in case they listen and then they can work it out. <laughs> so I said between <laughs> five and ten years. Smart, Brittany. Um, I've been, but long term, they're going to be together forever. But I remember when they first got together. I remember having a conversation, and she was like, "It was bad. It was. I don't." She was like, "I don't think I can do it. It was so bad." Um, and she was go- actually not going to date him because of it. But she was like. I said to her, how is it every other in every other aspect? And she's like, well, we actually have so much fun. Like, he's so funny. He's really kind. She's like, I can't really fault anything else about him. And I was like, okay, well, then don't call it quits. See how it goes and and show him. And even if it's too awkward to have the conversation, you can show each other. You know, you can get in the groove and you can you can – I think you can talk in the bedroom without even talking. Brittany's using very uh, descriptive <laughs> hand actions right now whilst trying to show me how she would like it to be done. So what she's saying is just learn some sign language and really show him with those hands. If you guys could – oh, maybe one day when we get our shit together, we'll video some recordings. But we are – Laura and I are really vocal when we talk. We're, our hands are going everywhere. It's the, like, one-quarter Italian in me. Completely agree. I Like, I think everything that Brit said, she's covered everything that – I would say I, I definitely from my own experience have I dated someone in the past where he was amazing in all other aspects and like we had had a really great and solid foundation for a relationship but the sex was terrible the first couple of times like terrible and I'm glad that I persevered because it got really good um it didn't work out for other reasons but <laughs> anyway the sex got better um but yeah I do think that like you have to give someone a bit of leeway like give a guy a bit of leeway in the start because like Guys can get performance anxiety as well, um, especially if they really like you. Like that's a that's a real thing. Like being worried about what you're thinking or what you're feeling. Maybe he couldn't get it up properly. If it is, and I'm just going to make an assumption, if it is that like the actual goods that he's been blessed with, the good old pain isn't quite what you're used to, maybe in size, maybe in shape, maybe in thickness, whatever it is. Well, If you're a super sexual person and that's something that's important to you, that is a bit unfortunate. However, I also think that there are so many other ways that you can pleasure each other and that you can really, really enjoy sex. And sometimes when you haven't been given the best tools, you get very creative and good at other ways of doing it. So, I mean, I think revisit that. Definitely don't write off the relationship after one bad sexual experience. But if you're still feeling this frustration after a couple of weeks, even if he is incredible in all other aspects if you if you can't click sexually and you're sexually frustrated and it's just not going to work in the bedroom then there's a possibility he's not the person for you as well and that doesn't make you a bad person if you can't be with someone because the sex is bad it's like compatibility in anything isn't it it's like some people aren't compatible with their interests um, their opinions some people aren't compatible in the bedroom either my advice is don't run yet. Give it a go. But if there's something about it, like you haven't gone into detail, if there's something about it like that revolts you, I don't know what that is, but that you can't actually physically be with him and it's this early, then like nothing against the guy. Or But my advice is like don't date him anymore. Okay, question two. Come at me, brah. So I'm expecting my first child in January and it's my parents' first grandchild. My mum is an anti-vaxxer, but she hasn't stopped me from getting vaccinated. Anyway, I don't know how I'm supposed to ask her that she needs to get her vaccines, otherwise she can't see the baby for at least the first six weeks. My fiancé doesn't really want me to do this. He doesn't want me to have this conversation with her. He feels awkward. I don't want her to be around my baby if she's not vaccinated because that is not what the health guidelines are. 
They haven't even been super excited about this baby anyway as it's been a surprise. Please help. That's a tricky one. Well, I mean, it's tricky because there's obviously going to be people's people's feelings could potentially be hurt in this and people's opinions on what they think is right and wrong could be hurt in this. But I think that, and, and this is me, this is a biased opinion because I'm a mum, but I think that your opinion is the opinion that matters right now. Like if you don't want someone to be around your child unless they're vaccinated, then you have to give them that option. And obviously your mum doesn't have to agree and she doesn't have to be vaccinated, but you are entitled completely to say, well, mum, I'm sorry, like we'll Zoom. I mean, it's the world of 2020 now, but I don't want you to be in close vicinity to my child until you've had your whooping cough vaccinations. And I really think like as a mum, like that decision completely falls on you and it would be very disappointing of your mum if she was to take that as a real offence. But I think you have to do what's right for you in this situation. Yeah, look, I I know I just said it was tricky. I actually don't think it's tricky. I think it's only tricky because people, you're, someone you love's feelings are involved. But ultimately, I personally am pro-vaccination. I am personally pro doing whatever the hell you think is right for your child, like you said. Um, ultimately, you're in charge of your whole child's life in every aspect, who sees it, what you feed it, like every single thing comes down to you as you're the primary caregiver. And I think it doesn't matter what your opinion is, if that's the decision you've made and that's what you want and that's how what you feel is the right thing and you've obviously done research and you feel like, you, you know, these are the health guidelines, I think that's completely fair and I don't think that that needs to be a really big issue. I think you just need to have a conversation with your mum and say, hey, mum, like, I've been reading up on a lot of information. Present her with information as well so she can read it herself. Um, if she's an anti-vaxxer, she's probably done her own research and come to her own opinion. But what she has to understand is this is your opinion and you've done your own research and this is the conclusion you've come to. So I think it's just a really adult conversation. Mum, I, I feel really strongly about this. I've done my research. I want to show you why I have come to this conclusion. Like So present her with some evidence. And then just say, this is just how I feel. And I, I please, like, I really want you to be part of it. I would love you to get your vaccination so that you can, you know, be there in those early stages. But unfortunately, I don't feel comfortable having anyone around my child that's not vaccinated. So make sure she knows it's not targeted at her specifically and give her the information so she can understand where you've come from and why you've come from it. And hopefully she can understand your point of view. You're not telling your mum that she has to be vaccinated. You're just saying like, these are your options. Your mum is absolutely entitled to choose to not vaccinate herself and to, you know, see her grandchild in six weeks time. Like that's also a completely acceptable option. And if she chooses that, that doesn't make her a bad person. It just means that, you know, you guys have very different beliefs and priorities are slightly different and, and that is okay. Maybe it'll cause some tension. Maybe it'll cause some upset, but and maybe this is going to rub some people the wrong way, but I genuinely believe that like as a, as a very new mum, like when you have just had a baby, this is your, it's your absolute prerogative to be a bit selfish because so many other things are going to become stressful for you that you don't need to take on the stress and the worry and the um, upset of hurting someone else's feelings. It's a very, very all encompassing time. And if having someone around who's not not vaccinated is going to cause you more stress, then that's something that you just have to avoid in your life at this very unique period. So I think as a new mum, you're allowed to be very 
adamant in your decisions. You're allowed to make decisions that may somebody else might deem as being selfish and they're not selfish. They're just you making the right decisions for yourself with the information that you've been given and the best decisions that you can make to protect your new, your new baby. How are you going to approach this? I reckon sit down with your mom and say, there's something that I really want to talk to you about. Like, you know, this is how I feel about it. Exactly as Britt said, present the information that you have. If you guys have a group family text, I mean, this might be a bit of a weird one, but if you're really worried about having a one-on-one conversation, because you think that maybe it will become a bit confrontational or I don't know what your relationship is like with your mom, you could always send a group text to all of your family. If that's how your family work, like my family are all in a group Facebook um, message and You could also send a group message that says, hey guys, like, you know, I know that this is going to be a controversial topic and we can all talk about it separately, but I'm just letting you all know that we've decided we want everyone who's going to see the baby in the first six weeks to be vaccinated. And then that makes it not targeted. It's just a blanket conversation. And then obviously you can then talk to your mum privately and then you can go from there. Yeah, I agree. But I I honestly think like, don't bend what makes you feel comfortable. Don't bend your um, beliefs and your opinions and the guidelines that have been, you know, given to us by national health guidelines because you're worried about offending your mom. Because if something goes wrong, you're never going to forgive yourself for that. That was dark. (laughs) But also like, just as a reminder, the question here wasn't like, should she vaccinate or not vaccinate or anything like that? She's made the decision. She's saying, I am vaccinating my child. I want everyone around me to be vaccinated. So her question is just how how she delivers it. So we don't want to be telling anyone what to do, what's right and wrong. That's not what this is about. This is just answering her question on how to approach the conversation. I mean, I have my own opinions about what's right and wrong. I mean, so do I. <laughs> but anyway, we'll preach to that. We'll preach to you about that on another episode maybe all right guys we've now got question number three which we need to punch out because it's already 7 30 the bachelor is playing and i can see like that the facebook thread is blowing up on my phone at the moment and i'm feeling really left out and i really want to be a part of it so question number three hit me so i'm 24 years old and i was with my boyfriend for eight years until he broke up with me out of the blue a few months ago From my point of view, we were really, really happy. We were planning our future together. We started building a house together even. When he broke it off so suddenly, I had a lot of questions and we still talked a lot about it. After a few weeks, he decided he'd made a mistake and I took him back. The whole thing happened all over again just a few weeks later. This second breakup though has been very different. He has been quite rude and very dismissive of my feelings. We haven't kept in contact much this time and he has been out partying a lot. I have seen him partying with a lot of girls. When I tried to reach out, he told me that he was moving on and he was acting like the breakup hasn't even affected him. How do I deal with this when he seems to be a completely different person? I actually have a lot of strong feelings towards this question. And the reason why I have strong feelings towards it is because I think back on a relationship that I had um, where I was we were together for almost four years. We lived together. Like he very much thought we were going to spend our lives together. And I did this exact thing to him. Like I'm, I'm the boyfriend, mm. which we all know I've, you know, I made the mistakes guys. It's- okay. I, I'm going to talk from my personal experience and then kind of try and unpack why his behavior has been like this. When I broke up with my, my boyfriend at the time, I got back with him a couple of weeks later because I was so frightened that I was one alone and also that I had made the wrong decision. Like I was so, so frightened that I made the wrong decision. So in, in a, in a moment of desperation, 
it wasn't actually how I felt. I didn't actually want to get back with him really, like when all my feelings had calmed down. But in a moment of franticness, when I had a moment of weakness of missing him, I reached out, we got back together. And then a couple of weeks later, I realized, oh, actually the way I was feeling before is how I still feel about the relationship. I need to get out again. And then I had to go through the whole process of breaking up a second time, which made me such an asshole. But the what happened to me was that I had basically already done all the hard work. I'd already gotten over the relationship whilst I was in the relationship. I'd already done the breakup. So I was so sure about my decision that it was very easy for me to switch off emotionally. And so when I hear this this question that you've asked and the way that you've said it, it seems to me like he has checked out of this relationship and he has used you to wean himself off your relationship. So by breaking up, getting back together, he, and then breaking up again, he has literally like softly weaned himself off the relationship. And now he is, he's checked out and you need to remove yourself from all communication don't expect anything from him. Um, and I, I'm sure there will come a point where he will regret his behavior at the moment, but his behavior is really selfish and it's the behavior of someone who just wants out. All right. Controversially, I have a different opinion. All right. <laughs> Slightly. Hit me with it. Slightly. No, I like this. I'm glad that, that this is different because I'm literally only talking about my own and obviously this is the research study pool of one, people. We're going to get to the same place. I know that. But I just have some different um, thought processes at the beginning. I completely agree. The guy's checked out. Like he's done. If he's out partying with other women, he's hooking up with other women, he's ignoring your feelings, he's being really dismissive. Like he's he's really done. My only thought process that's a little different to Laura's is that I've also done this and I, and I genuinely believe I don't know how many people actually just that are in long-term relationships. I don't know many that just break up, that just clean break up once. It's quite often this back and forth game once, twice, sometimes more, like three times. And that's because we get these really unsettling feelings in a long-term relationship. And we know that can be a, a whole multitude of things. It can be boredom. It can be monotony. It can be the grass is always greener. There are a lot of things that contribute to these unsettling feelings. So we think we're ready to make this decision and branch out. We break up, we go out on our own. And like this girl has said, you guys haven't been on your own for eight years. So that's a scary thought process. All of a sudden, there's this little man inside your brain, inside your heart that's like, whoa, you are not ready for this. You can't be on your own. Like, what are you doing? This guy was amazing. This woman was amazing. Like, like you're crazy. It's like a panic. It's like someone mm-hmm. flicks on the panic button. That's yeah. why you don't want to make decisions when you're in a panic feeling, you know? Yeah. And then you just have this feeling of um, detachment, you, like you've lost a limb because you have lost a huge part of your life. So this is when I think a lot of people go back. I don't think it's necessarily manipulative. I don't, I mean, it could be, I don't think it's necessarily like a selfish thing. I think a lot of t- the times in these situations, it's, it's genuinely confusion. They go back into the relationship. They try because they had this scary thought being out in the wild on their own and they didn't like it. They go back and try. And then they're like, Oh no, the feeling's still there. It's time for me to suck it up and be on my own. I think that's what's happened here. I think he's just, he's probably genuinely thought, fuck, I wanted to see what was out there. Made a mistake. Love you. Come back. He, he does love you. I have no doubt he's, he doesn't love you. 
but it seems the relationship's run its course. He's obviously tried and it's it's just not there. And I know that sucks to hear. In terms of advice in what you can do now, because that's the whole point of this is you said help. You need to do what Laura said. And we said it a few times. It hurts so badly. But right now, the worst thing you can do is be in any sort of contact. You can't follow him on social media. You can't watch him. Like you're literally sitting at home, probably upset on your own, watching him partying with his other girls on his Instagram. Because how else would you know he's been out partying with these girls? So you need to remove yourself from this situation for now because emotionally, you're not there yet. You can't cope with that. And that's that's so normal. No one can cope with that at this time. This is the love of your life that you're seeing is moving on without you. And we all know the worst feeling in the world is when you reach out to someone, anyone, could be someone you've just met on one date, but it's worse when it's someone you love and it's a long-term relationship. When you reach out to them and they ghost you or they don't give you anything back, that it consumes you. It's all you think about. You feel like shit. So just don't do it. Just don't reach out to him because right now he needs to figure his own shit out and you need to do everything you can to move on. And also I think every single time he does give you any little bit of affection or anything, then that kind of reignites hope that maybe you guys are going to get back together. But what you've said about how this, this breakup and get back together and breakup has kind of transpired, it makes me think that he obviously has been feeling this way or thinking this way for a period of time in your relationship. Like regardless as to whether it came as a complete shock to you, it's not a complete shock to him, which is why his behavior now seems cold and harsh and completely detached. But he's been doing the breakup whilst you guys have been together. He's been thinking about this. He started to work through his feelings and men are very different to women in, in how we deal with breakups. I think that like we, we, we as women, I think we, we process things a little bit more as they're happening in that, you know, you go through grief right now, you'll go through the period of, of feeling like you can't live without him. You'll really, really struggle through this separation. But then, you know, in a few months time, a light will lift and it'll feel like, you know, this anxiety and stress and everything has, has gone away. And you'll be like, oh my God, like I'm okay. My life is great. I don't need him in my life anymore. And that's usually when the dickheads come back because guys <laughs> work so differently in that, like they instantaneously usually feel fine. And it's not for a few weeks or a few months down the track when all of the fun around being single starts to kind of die down and they realize actually the grass isn't greener that they then end up coming back. But Honestly, you can't live your life and you can't live in a suspended animation hoping that he's going to come back to you, hoping that you're going to rekindle things because even if he does, you're never going to be able to get back or it's going to take a very long time to get back to the point where you're building a house together and you're happily married because this behavior has is it's disrupted everything. It's it's ruined the relationship that you had. I'm going to take us down memory lane. Uh-oh, spaghetti. I have a story. I was in this exact situation, I was the boy as well in this situation. Like I was you, Laura, with my partner for eight years. I ended it. So I was the boy. I was like, something else is out there. This is not working anymore. I don't think I feel it anymore. And I left. I And it was a proper breakup. It wasn't like a break. I left. Um, and then I hooked up with someone else, which was like, it was all fine because it was over. Then I had the feeling <laughs> of like, oh, shit. Like, what have I done? This guy's incredible. And like, now there's so many douchebags in the world. And I was on my own for the first time in my adult life. And so I went back. I was like the guy. And I said, think I made a mistake. So I, I, I love you. And I did love him. Like, I still to this day think he's like, he has a piece of my heart, you know, that first love. So I went back and I was like, 
bro, <laughs> made a mistake. Like, will you take me back? He's like, absolutely. Fucking love you so much. Um, so we just thought it was a tiff. Got back together. A few months later, I was like, the feeling was just still there. And I, and I had to accept that it was there. And so I left again. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so sorry. Not there. You're like, this is awkward. But yeah. um, remember that conversation we had a few weeks ago? Well, it gets uh, worse. Still stands. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. You went back again. <laughs> I went back again. I left. Um, and he had hooked up with someone in this time too because it was the second breakup now. I was with someone else again. He was with someone else again. And then I just couldn't get past this like – he was my whole life. So I went back again and I was like, all right, this is this is for real. I'm back now. Like I'm back. I just needed some air. He, bless his soul, it took every ounce of his strength and he because he loved me. He didn't want to he didn't he didn't want the breakup. And I was like, I'm ready, let's do this. And he said no. And I was like, excuse me? I was like, what do you mean no? And he's like, he's like, no. I, he's like, every part of me wants you. Every part of me wants to say yes. Cause we had a house together and everything. Like we were you guys, we had everything. He's like, every part of me wants to say yes to you, Brit, but you, I have to accept that your heart's not in it. And he had to be the bigger person. So he had to be the person that said, fuck, I want this so bad, but I know you're, I know you're not in it. And he, act, I remember him saying to me, you'll be okay on your own. It makes me emotional thinking about it. I'm not going to cry. Whoa, where did that come from? I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> this is some really suppressed trauma from eight years ago. Because it was just like such a, it was a really pivotal moment of my life. I'm actually proper upset and I don't know why. Because I remember him just saying like, you're going to be okay on your own and you don't need me. And whilst I want you, I'm going to cut you free. And I'm like, whoa, why am I crying? Why are my eyes leaking? And it was just like this and I had to, and then my heart was broken. But um, this is my point of like, he might come back to you again, but I feel like you need to remember the feelings right now of what he's doing and that, and that it's not right because it's, it is hard to break. My point is it's hard to break away from something that it's all you know, but it sounds to me like he has moved on. And if he does come back in the future, because maybe it's out of loneliness, maybe it's out of like, he, he might actually miss you. I think it's time that you healed your heart and moved on. Yeah, I, I completely agree with everything you've said, Britt. The only thing um, I'll add before we wrap this up is that if if he does come back in the future and you do decide that you want to give him another chance, like, you know, that may be the decision that's right for you, just don't try and jump back into the relationship exactly where it broke up, exactly where it broke up. Like you need to take things a little bit slower and you need to kind of unpack why he felt the way he felt what has changed in his decision? Is it just that he's lonely? Is it just that he, you know, hasn't had anyone or it wasn't what he expected the single life to be? I think the dangerous part is if you just jump back in and try and be back together as though everything's wonderful, move straight back in together, get back to building the house, and then he leaves again, it'll absolutely destroy your self-esteem and your self-worth and you deserve much better than the way you're being treated right now. So that's how I'm going to end this and that's how we're gonna end the episode Brittany need to stop crying (laughs) (laughs) holy smokes Um, I've come into some really new hormones in my 30s let me tell you what (laughs) 
early onset menopause. Oh my God. Anyway, guys. So that is us for today's episode. We're going to get out of here because like I said, The Bachelor is currently on. We're recording this on Wednesday night. Matt has just cooked me dinner. No, but has he cooked me dinner? I'm really hungry. Yeah, you can have have some too. (laughs) And for everyone who has been writing in about Tuesday's episode, about the pink tax episode, I know it blew some of your freaking minds. Uh, We, so same, like same. I'm still- (laughs) I'm still like going to Woolworths and looking at prices now and price comparing everything. Um, I've loved the feedback that we've been receiving from you all. Like, thank you to everybody who's been sharing the episodes and sharing like what they're listening to and how they're listening to it on Instagram and tagging us in it. Like we just appreciate that so much. Also, one more thing. To everybody who has left a review for us on Apple and who has been sharing the podcast with their friends, like the growth that we've had over the last couple of months and the amount of people who are now listening to the podcast is just incredibly extraordinary. It's something that we never, ever expected. And we're so grateful for every single one of you who are so invested in the pod. We I, love you. We do love you. I um I put a poll out about the pink tax just to say, I just wanted, I was just curious how many people knew about it and how many didn't because I didn't know about it. So more people didn't know about it than did. And um, we had a few people write in saying that they actually ended up having conversations with it at their dinner table with their families and one girl was like I my family had a conversation for hours with the men in the family the dad and the brothers and they were all gobsmacked and they had this really educated conversation and because no one knew about it and that just made me feel real chuffed because I I feel like this is why we want to do it we want to put these messages out there we want to start conversations we want to change people's opinions so yeah thanks for um writing in thanks for your responses thanks for your love and um, keep sharing your love because we love love! <laughs>